Blog Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. Good evening, dear listeners out in Radio Land. Welcome to another magnificent episode of the Inside Acting Radio Show. Tonight, my esteemed guest is SAG-AFTRA actor and filmmaker Phil E. Eichinger. He has appeared as Detective Culpepper on the Fox show Gotham and has also appeared on Difficult People on the Hulu Network. Law and Order, SVU, Do No Harm, and Taxi Brooklyn on NBC, and White Collar on USA. His film, Suits Don't Matter, has been gaining much success. It has been selected to five festivals with two best awards thus far and will be part of the Clifton Film Celebration and Peak City International Film Festival this month. The former semi-professional hockey player has been a resident of Rahway, New Jersey, since 2011. You can learn more about him at phileichinger.com. That's E-I-C-H-I-N-G-E-R. And I want to thank Daryl Poe, founder of the Clifton Film Celebration, for setting this interview up. Now, I'm going to go ahead and bring Phil on the Air. Hello, Phil. Welcome to the program. Hey, William. What? <laughs> man, man, I'm so glad to have you on the show. Now, I know that you have uh, produced, wrote, and starred in Suits Don't Matter uh, through your production company, Dancing Scruff. And it has uh, won Best Film at the Telltale and uh, Christian Family Film Festivals. So tell me, why does this film resonate with people so much well so let's let's backtrack a little bit um the the idea for the film uh the director mike jehoda and my longtime friend and production partner uh he bought a new camera and we wanted to we wanted to shoot a film so the idea the first concept that we had is we were going to shoot this uh spoof on the Matthew McConaughey Lincoln commercials. And, you know, it was just going to be a complete spoof. And, you know, obviously we started shooting and we're like, no, this, this needs to change a little bit. So we got, uh, (laughs) we got my nephew, that's who the the child actor is in the movie as well. And uh, we kept this concept of slow motion and uh, we knew we wanted to, to be silent. After we had a first cut, we're like, eh, you know, something's missing. Uh, it's just, it's not resonating. They, I, it, it needed like this, this kind of emotional punch. So I wrote the voiceover uh, in a few day, days, and with a few minor tweaks for him and I, uh, we we had the film. The finishing, the finishing uh, cut was was done. Yeah, it's amazing the creative process and uh, you know how that how things come about like that. I mean, that's it's amazing that the things that inspire people to to make films. Sometimes it's something profound, sometimes it's something that where you're just trying to spoof something. Exactly. It, that's all it was supposed to be is this goof and we're, and it just turned a complete like 360 into this kind of emotional 
piece that just almost everybody can you can relate. You know, the the idea is say in a viewer standpoint is we're also, you know, quote unquote not supposed to know the relationship between the two characters. Are you know, are they father and son? Are they uncle, nephew, or older brother, younger brother, or even as far as maybe it's a man and an angel or an angel and a boy. But, you know, the idea and the goal for usually every piece of writing is the relationship is the most important and interesting aspect of this film and, and what they mean to each other and, and, and kind of what they bring out of each other. Hmm. It's interesting you say that. I mean, there's the relationships between characters. There's uh, emotions and, and being relatable. So along those lines, what makes a story compelling to you? Oh boy, <laughs> I, it's the idea. I, it's the idea of just you, you just kind of put your life at ease. And, and sometimes we, you know, our tagline for the film is sometimes we need to go backwards to move forward. And I think that sums up the whole piece um, because you're this person, the adult is, is returning to this moment of, of youth and where, where he just didn't give a crap about anything else at that moment. He just wanted to satisfy this relationship. And, and it's almost like we, we, we were brought into this, this one moment of this relationship. And what happens if this is that moment where this routine ended for the both of them like if this was that last day that this man was picking up this boy at school you know maybe this is going on for like eight years or and this is just happened to be that moment in life where that routine ended and so it's it's a reflection on just kind of taking it back and just you know enjoying just life and and the small things Well, you know, the small things, people often often take them for granted. And I think that, uh, at least for me anyway, a, a film that can celebrate that, uh, I mean, that that's so much more compelling to me than necessarily these, uh, these films with all these big set pieces and all this crazy stuff going on. I mean, sometimes a simple story is the best story. Exactly, yeah. And, and some of, sometimes simple stories are... are hard to come across because you know the writing and, and acting in a in a natural you know humanistic way that it is relatable people can look at it like huh, it's so subtle but it's it's beautiful right that's true that is true so now you were recently <laughs> on gotham as detective uh Culpepper. so how does that network tv set compare to indie sets you've been on well, I gotta say, uh, at this point, um, I would say Gotham was the most efficient set that I've ever I've been a part of, and I've done quite a bit of television uh, and film. But as of where I am right now, it was extremely efficient. Um, my day on on location was relatively short. Um, you know, we, I got there, my, you know, hair and makeup was on point. We were done. We were rehearsed within 20 minutes and, you know, we wrapped the, the, the scene that I did and probably, I was probably on set for maybe three, four hours, you know, <laughs> all the day's work in four hours. Yeah. 
That's amazing. That's amazing. And what's been the reaction to your role uh, in your hometown? Oh, it's been awesome. Uh, I have such a a great family, uh, great family and friends, and and that are huge supporters of of what I do. And everybody was extremely responsive. Uh, I I actually did a fun little giveaway during the episode uh, that I was gonna personalized photos for like family and friends who were first responding on social media when I, when I came on the scene. Um, so I was just doing a little fun things just to keep everybody excited about it. Uh, yeah. So like I said, everybody in my life is extremely supportive for what I do. And this is, this is a big, this is a big part. So it was really cool. Great. Great. So now when you're on set, do you think you're one of those actors who excels at first takes? <laughs> I am, yeah. The first take Charlie, I, I used to be called that on a couple, you know, the Frank Sinatra, the first take Charlie, he used to be called on all his the movies that he did. Um, I'm very happy, that, and believe it or not, we'll resort back to Gotham because that was my latest work. Uh, I didn't get one direction from the director that day of work. I guess they, they liked exactly what I did in the audition and they, we were, we rehearsed it a, a few times because I had to get thrown into a trunk and they wanted to make sure, you know, it was safe and, and if I was comfortable with it. But other than that, I, the director did not talk to me once we were rolling. So that, that's in itself. All right. I know I'm, I'm doing exactly what they want and what I brought to the audition room. So it was, like I said, it was just extremely easy work. And Ben and Donald, the two leads that I was working with were, you know, it was just kind of like you were hanging out with friends, chatting, and then, oh, we have to start rolling. Okay, we'll, we'll start rolling. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. So going back in time, what advice would you give to your younger self about auditioning? Uh, well, that, that's funny. Well, Acting is kind of a, was a second career for me, so I didn't get started in uh, in acting until about in my thirties. So I think my advice has kind of always been the same. You just go in the room and and your job is just to book the room, um, so they like you to bring you back because there's so many uh, things that go on outside of your control when you audition. You know, if you're too tall, you're 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 too hairy. Sometimes casting directors and and producers can't look past you know hair or, or facial hair. Or, yeah. So it's just do your just do your job in the room. Do your homework on the production or the play or anything. Just do your job. Go in and walk out. Just be happy with what you did. Toss out your size and, and try not to, you know, reflect a little bit say, okay, I did what I could do, or I know what I did wrong, fix it for the next time. But your goal as an actor, especially to be a professional actor, is just to kind of eventually learn to put things behind you, regardless of the magnitude of an audition. you got to put them all on the same uh, level playing field, whether it's a student film or, for instance, Gotham. you got to be able to put them, like I said, on the same playing field. Yeah, yeah, and just uh, be, you know, do have the best uh, performance and audition every time and just be consistent. So that right. kind of leads into the next question. 
what separates actors at your level from, say, like the mid-list level actors or beginners? I'm, I think my answer off the top of the, my head is, is obviously experience and the quality of auditions because that doesn't come right away. Mm. Like episodics and film, that yeah. stuff does not come. You're not you're not walking out of college or you're not walking into Manhattan or L.A. or now down south in Atlanta these days. You're not going to just walk up to a big casting director and you know get seen with kind of. It's it's rare that you get seen without rep- representation, but I started, I got my first TV role on my own and then uh, reps after that. So it, it works different for everybody. Everybody in this business, there's no, <laughs> there's no correct way. Sure, someone, you know, you hear the stories about picked off the street and got a job, but, you know, usually every overnight success is, 10 years in the making behind the scenes. Even yes. if you don't see somebody oh, yeah. on TV, oh, God, they've been at it for years and years. Yeah. And so you got to have that up, experience. It's definitely the quality. Yeah, it's definitely the quality of what you'll be auditioning for as a beginner to someone who is extremely experienced than someone like mid-level like myself. Exactly. So, now, Phil, you're, you're an incredibly hardworking performer, you operate at such a high level. So talk a little bit about your morning routine. Oh, my morning routine. <laughs> well, uh, these days it's mostly gym, taking care of a baby when I have auditions. <laughs> uh, yeah. Then I, pre- I prepare however much I need to. But, uh, yeah, it's, I don't, yeah, I think it's very, it's very simple and easy. It's mostly just taking care of myself is when I'm, when I'm not working, it's always kind of taking care of myself where it's preparing for something and working out, eating healthy, just keeping, just keeping that kind of regiment for, you know, you have to walk the walk in this business. Even if you're not yeah. working, you just got to always keep, you got to keep doing, you know, staying fit and how you want to present yourself, how you want to be like we talked about the audition room, you just go in as yourself and how you want to present right. yourself. You, you don't need to go change in if, if you're not this type of person, because eventually someone's going to like you for you. And that's the role that's probably going to really make a big progression. That's right. That's absolutely right. So now I know you played semi-pro hockey for the Ohio Valley Ice Cats of the IHL. <laughs> How did how did you make that conversation conversion from hockey to acting? So uh, hockey was a big part of my life growing up, and uh, I played hockey in college. So I had big expectations. I was very good, uh, so I had yeah. very big expectations after college to try and pursue some minor league. Uh, teams and some tryouts so I did that I did a lot of that I, I was at in Canada a couple times in Buffalo a couple times and I caught on uh, in a league years back now so and I played for a little bit but unfortunately sometimes prof- semi-professional hockey league is not as organized and yeah. it's not as organized as pe- it's not as organized as people would 
compare it to minor league baseball where teams are usually affiliated with major league baseball. So some hockey levels are, you know, they're very, they're, they're scary. You, you don't know what you're getting into. So I played for a few games and then the league folded. So I had to come, I came back home and I had to kind of reset what I was going to do. I, I graduated with a fine arts degree and, and I played hockey. Those are my, that was my life th- throughout college and dedicated to both of them. So, and then um, to come to kind of tell you how I got into acting after that, it was a choice, you know, a graduated college, you know, five years prior to this decision, I was at another tryout in Canada. This is 05, 2005. Okay. And it was, so I was either going to, I got caught, I caught on with another team. I came back home and I was kind of debating either go and play in this gong show of a league or who knew what it was going to turn <laughs> into. Yeah. Or I, I already, I had this, I had this acting class signed up at a local community college where, where I grew up just for, and I just wanted to take it for fun. I don't know why I just took it. And professors were like, you are friggin' awesome. You, you got to go audition. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> so I, I researched <laughs> and, and 11 years later, it, you know, it's my, it's my full-time career, give or take, you know, there's always some slow points of this career, but it's 11 years later and it's, it's my career. And, and every year it's been some pretty great progress. That's amazing. And, you know, uh, that kind of goes on to my next question about uh, this whole idea of being an entrepreneur. Like, you know, actors are like small business people. So, you know, what's some of the huh. – what's the best purchase you've made in support of your career in the last year? Wow. Ooh, best purchase. <laughs> You you completely stumped me, William. No, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh, man! A class, a book, or seminar, workshop. Uh, uh, okay, well that. One of those casting uh, calls. Yeah. Uh, I would say in the, the last year it would be. Uh, I've been a member of. I've been studying at the Upright Citizens Brigade since 2012. But this yeah. past year, I changed over from because I finished the improv program in like a year and a half, and then yeah. this year I actually took a character class, and I would say that was nice. very beneficial because it it taught you uh, to create your own characters and and the experience of writing them and and being able to incorporate the quote unquote game of the character and being able to rest the game and then bring the game back and heighten the game. So that was extremely fun. So that was an eight-week class from April to May. So, and you you helped me on that one. You pushed that one out of me because you gave me some ideas. So thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, and then uh, of course you mentioned Upright Citizens Brigade. Uh, you know, along those lines, as far as improv, what do you prefer, uh, short form or long form improv? Uh, I would say I'm very good quick. I, so the short, obviously, and uh-huh. yeah, yeah, definitely the short form. Um, but I totally, really enjoy the character stuff too. Like, 
I'm very good with the, the quick and just the facial expressions and, and weird sounds, but uh, hmm. the the character class was really really cool, and I, I I got a lot out of it. I got you know some cool celebrity impersonations that I I, I figured out, and I got some really funny characters, some real estate <laughs> some real estate agent. I, I did a character on my mom, which was very funny. Uh, and I did a really cool impersonation of this of Roberto Benini. So he was my <laughs> my go-to character guy now. <laughs> so that was so I would say short form for the improv, but leaning into like the character and and being someone else. <laughs> well, the way way uh, uh, Roberto's career is going, maybe he should. Uh... Flip your few dollars for keeping his his name in the news there. <laughs> I you know. yeah, I guess I guess you don't need much once you you get an Oscar. <laughs> yeah, even if you haven't done much since then. So no, um, Pinocchio. Get, uh, and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, so now you play uh, guitar and drums and piano. So you got any soundtracks in your future? Yes, so everything that my partner and I, Mike, who is my director, and he's been my friend for, man, we're almost on 20 years now. Uh, we've been in two bands that we've both created over the over the span of about uh, a 10-year, uh, and we did all the writing and you know all the composing. And the song that you hear in Suits Don't Matter, that's an actual song that we've written full with lyrics, but we just use the the instrumental part for the the uh, the movie itself. Oh, okay, absolutely, that's great, that's great. So I know that you've also had a play produced. So, what's your personal model when it comes to writing? Usually, <laughs> when I'm not working or I have a really great concept, I just write. Uh, and you write to your strong your strong points. Like I'm I'm a, I'm very good at the natural dialogue of, of a person. Uh, I'm not too shabby at writing a female part. I'm you know I find myself writing pretty strong female parts when need be in my pieces. Uh, but a lot of it's very. I write a lot of quirky comedies. Uh, I I finished a a ten episode sitcom. That's just nice. just a, a straight up comedy in the vein of Mad About You meets Martin, but th- to nice. this day and age, you know. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I think it's just write it and write to your strong points of what you just what you think you can handle. Don't write something you don't know about. <laughs> Everything I write about is is something I know about it or experience with. It's life experiences, just heightened or lessened are you know bigger characters of people that I know or extensions or of themselves. Yeah, yeah you got to write to your strengths. And you talked about right. comedy. I mean, writing that sitcom. Now I know that critic uh, Bob Rendell uh, once wrote that uh, you were over the top amusing in uh, one of your roles. <laughs> so what's the key to being a good comic actor? I'm going to say it's mostly you have to just have it. You have to have the mm. timing. 
it's hmm. it, it is it's it's very hard to teach someone to be funny. If you either have huh. it or you don't, you can learn to act. You know, everybody in the world lies. That's a form of acting, but. The main part part of acting is, is, right, everybody lies, so you're acting to some extent. But I think mm. it's, it's being able to listen and react. It's, that's the simplest form of acting, just listen and react. And for comedy, it's, it's, you just got to be in the moment, and you really have to just listen and react and, 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 be, and be funny how you are. Don't, don't push humor. You know, improv, you don't push humor. You just, you be yourself and what's given to you, you take it. You, you yes and it. Oh, you give me this? Okay, well, I'm going to put this on top of it. That, you know, you don't say no to, to improv. So you yes, you accept. Uh, it's just taking almost everybody could be funny, even if they don't know they're funny. Someone can look at somebody and say, oh, you're funny. Am I? It's just how they are. There's draw, you know. There's so many sorts of being funny, but it's listening, reacting, and just being natural, and and obviously knowing what the script is meant, and, and working with the director and exactly what you want, especially if it's slapsticky. You know, there's moments you need to do that. No, this is funny for this reason. You've got to do this because it's written. <laughs> right. Exactly. I got you. All right. Yeah. So going back and. In- time a little bit or even even recently what what's a drama teacher that's really inspired you well to be honest i i did not have a lot of drama teachers like i said uh i went to school for a completely different a fine arts degree so i i guess it was that first professor that i had at at brookdale community college to just say Dude, and, and, you know, he was such a chill guy. He was just like, yo, dude, Phil, you got to go do this. You're awesome. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think that's really it. Uh, uh, it's, it's that simple. You, your, first, your first teacher usually is someone that you remember that hits, that hits home, your first teacher and I guess your, your profession or, or what you want to end up doing. Uh, but just like I said, it was later in life for me. It was a second career. So... I would just say him for giving me the, hey, man, go ahead and just do this. <laughs> it's that simple. Yeah, there you go. There you go. And over your career, what's been easier for you to book, commercials or television? I would say my my credits are, my credits are pretty even in both, but – easier I, I would say easier to book probably commercials were I was very good at commercials because I you know my look is very these days it's very suitable for commercials because commercials have changed dramatically over the years and you're seeing yeah scruffy guys with big big hair and mustaches and beards and and you know just quirky dudes so I had a really good turnover, uh, turnover rate in commercials, whether it was booking or whether it was just a callback or just being put on hold. That's a, a whole other success. You know, you can get released, but it's still it's still a good ratio of, you know, not even get, being thought of whether you're, like I said, callback or you're put on hold and then released. So I would say, you know, commercials in a span of 
maybe like five or six years were, were really good where I was booking maybe two commercials a year for a couple of years in a row. Hmm. With, with on, on top of like say a callback for one and then put on hold but then release. Those those are still things you got to look at as it's a success because like I said earlier, I book the room and and they like me for whatever reason to at least put me on hold and consider me up against someone else. Yeah, and that that shows that you're getting noticed and that you get you get picked up for other projects. Right, right. It's the little things that the people in this business, they have to, you have to look at. You have to look at all those things about not being too concerned about, you know, why I didn't book something or because there's all reasons. Sure, people, actors, and they get down on themselves. It happens to everybody, but moving forward and and understanding that you did your job in the room and you walk out happy, they're going to call you back. They're going to bring you back in for something if they liked you. You know, it, it could be a year. It could be a couple months. It could be three years. I mean, I've, I, I can say it as one casting director. I've auditioned for almost 11 times and I haven't even, I haven't booked yet, but it's 11 times that, you know, I'm auditioning for this casting director for numerous TV shows too. So it's, it's, it will happen soon. It's not my time with them yet, it, but it'll happen soon. <laughs> yep. That's absolutely true. Okay, so I've got a couple of uh, questions that uh, you probably have to think about a little bit here. They kind of go a little deeper. So what's oh, boy. The here first... we go, William. Let's do it. <laughs> what's the first actor you think of when you hear the phrase, the best? Uh, for me, it's Ethan Hawke. Okay. Why is that? I've had a, <laughs> I've had a, a pretty strong connection to him even prior to me being in the in the entertainment world. It's just something. He's a very natural dude. Goes going back to that kind of gritty, kind of Generation X looking guy, and that's kind of what I looked like growing up. Very you know, longer hair. And I just, I just kind of like gravitated towards, you know, all his work. And still to this day, you know, I try to see everything he's in or whether it's a play. Uh, yeah. So it, that, that was an easy one for me. So not too hard. <laughs> I'm sure it's out there for anybody that's listening. That's pretty out there answer, but we all have our, our things we look to. <laughs> Yeah, what what do you what you say is your uh, top uh, top two favorite roles he's done? Ooh, well, being this, and I'll, I'll well, my one answer I guess will be before I was an actor. <laughs> I would say reality <laughs> okay. bites. I would say reality bites in ninety four, ninety five ish. I think it came out just because we, you know, I was however old back then, 18 or 19. And I think I saw that in the movie four or five times. And that's probably the most I've ever seen a movie in the theater is that reality bite. So I'll dust my age off and say, just because I remember those stats, we'll say reality bites is definitely one of them. has to be one of them. And, oh, a second one. Oof. 
man, what would be a second one for him? Ah, that's... You're stumping me. See, this is this you're There's stumping so me. There's so many. I mean, uh, the cop rolls and, yeah. Tra- yeah, training day was awesome. Yeah, I'll yeah. go with that, but also his the before sunset, sunrise, and before midnight. I'll have to throw wow. them, that three, that trilogy. I have to throw that up there after Reality Bites. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> okay, now I want. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, I'm, I'm waiting on you. All you, William. <laughs> so the uh, next question, you have to think a little bit. You might have to think a little bit harder about this one. Uh, what's your personal motto? My personal motto. Be yourself. Just yeah. Yeah. Be just as simple as that. Especially in regards to the business. So I guess your your question was geared toward the business, maybe? Was that Yeah. Am I wrong? Yeah, for the business. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, if it's towards the business, it's just be yourself. Until you book yeah. something and you don't want to be and you can't be yourself. But be yourself in everything else. <laughs> <laughs> but there's always a little bit of each a part of you in every role because you got to grab from something if you've experienced it. But let's go with be yourself, William. There you go. There you go. All right, I'm gonna throw a hype. I'm gonna throw a hypothetical question out there. So, all right, if me. you could. I guess advertise. I know you have headshots and resumes and reels, but if you yeah. could put yourself out there in, let's say, a like in Times Square, one of those electronic billboards, and you had to <laughs> to promote yourself. What would you put? What were some of the things you would write in that on that on that billboard? I got one right away. You ready uh-huh. for this one? This is a good one, William. Ready? Yeah. So you know the got milk. You got you know the got milk slogans. Yeah. So underneath my photo, it would be got quirky? Question mark. Nice. I like that. Got quirky. That's we'll have it. To remember that, Phil. That's it. We're leaving <laughs> it that too. <laughs> See, like you asked me earlier. One take Charlie. I'm giving you one take Charlie answers too. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Frank Sinatra would be proud. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay, so we're getting near the end here, so talk a little bit about uh how fans can uh keep up with your career. Just you know, just like everybody else these days, social media, Phil Phil Eichinger, you you spelled it earlier. Um, yeah, I'm, I usually do it when I'm busy. When I'm when I'm not busy working or something, I, you know, I won't post for a while. But uh, yeah, that's the simplest way to just check me out. Check out my my latest TV reel with the Gotham footage already on it. Uh, I'd like to. Say, I'll thank my cousin for that one. He's he's good at finding. He's good at finding good uh, TV episodes like right after they air so i was able to uh cut that up and put it in my reel but we'll keep it on the no one's listening right now shh william don't say that (laughs) (laughs) 
But yeah, the basics is right. Phil Eichinger at everything, I guess. Yeah, and my website is phileichinger.com, where usually it's always up to date with everything that's happening. And uh, But yeah, so just pushing the film, hence why we work together right now talking. Uh, there's a lot going on. Clifton, obviously how we we got together where suits don't matter is already a finalist in this category, which is cool. So I'll be, uh, I'll be going down to Virginia the weekend to go support it. Yep. So I look forward to that. And then after that, uh, the next one, as you mentioned, was the peak city in North Carolina where we already got nominated as a finalist for our category for that as well. And then after that, there'll be a little bit of a hiatus for the film because of the holidays, but, uh, next year, there's more uh, festival submissions. I did a lot more higher, uh, just some higher ones that are affiliated with the Oscars, believe it or not. And Really? Very high rated. Yeah, just to see where we stand. You know, I like to, because we we're on such a great ride right now with this film. I'd like to just keep it going for, you know, a good 10 to 12 months of, of pushing it while we're working on other things, Mike and I. Uh, so, yeah, let's just keep pushing it because it's, it's apparently getting great feedback and it's getting into more than it's not. So that's why I continue to push it because of the response that it's getting and, and the festivals that I'm submitting to, I just feel they're appropriate. Some of them are very family-friendly, friendly, kid-oriented for some little side ones. Um, one was a Christian family one because of the message. So I give yeah. it. Uh, to get a little steam for us, and now I'm just going to roll with the steam and and keep it going. Why not? Man, that's great. Well, you know, it's been a pleasure, Phil. I bring break legs and everything you do, and uh, hopefully I'll see you down at the celebration. You will, man. I look forward to meeting you in person, and I appreciate the time, and I had an awesome time, William. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. You got it. Okay, man. Well, you have a great night. Okay. All right, you too. Bye Thank bye. you. Yes. All right. All right, folks out there in Radio Land, remember to do something for your career every single day and break a leg. Good night. Under the dark, you pacify me. Hold my breath. Take me down, I won't fight Beat of my heart, you drum inside me Somewhere my death Makes a sound no one can find out 